on Facebook as of now. All right, all right. Hi, everyone. Welcome. So we should we get started or should you give it a little bit more time to let folks come in? Uh, we can give it another minute. Okay. Give it another minute. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be good. So great to see so many friends joining us. And we're live, that's good. Okay, so should I go ahead and kick us off? Go for it. All sure. right, all right, well, welcome everyone. Um, and I am filling in for another one of our Deliberately Fair Housing um, members, but I am Farrah Wilder. I'm uh, CAR uh, Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer, proud member of Deliberately Fair Housing, and also a liaison friend, I guess former when it was less formal, member of California Association of Black Real Estate Professionals. And I'm really proud to be introducing this uh, event, this presentation with an amazing author, uh, Dr. Allison Rose Jefferson, which we are pleased to be hearing from and learning from. So it is Black History Month, and we are very honored to be a part of the celebration and commemoration of the accomplishments and history of the Black community and of, of our, our Black real estate uh, realtors and, and industry oh, leaders. There he is. And, and you look at the, every county in that. Oh, someone to oh, be muted. Sorry. That's the area. So we're doing something. So we're doing something. So, okay. And I've got a little echo. So maybe if folks can mute. Um, so we're doing something a little bit differently this time. So deliberate, uh, deliberately fair housing has, you know, usually put on their their own kind of events on their Facebook page, but we are collaborating with the California Association of Black Real Estate Professionals, and uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more from KBREP this month. Um, they are putting on a lot of great Black History Month events, and we are very honored to be a part of one of their first events um, that they're having. Uh, within the real estate community. Um, and so again, we're here to discuss this amazing book, Living the California Dream um, by Dr. Allison Rose Jefferson. You can see her with us. And we're also pleased to have Jennifer Branchini, CAR treasurer, joining us. So um, just be sure that you're on mute. Oh. Questions? Oh, yep. Yeah. Am I missing something? Oh, yeah. I just wanted, this is Crystal. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Um, before um, we get started, I just wanted to uh, read our mission statement for our brand new association uh, that Farah mentioned, the California Association of Black Real Estate Professionals. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know what we're about. Uh, we are a network for advancing Black realtors as business leaders in the industry and in our communities. We are advocates for increasing Black home ownership. We fully embrace our members by acknowledging, mentoring, supporting, and developing them into industry leaders nationally and locally. So I just wanted to um, go ahead and 
let you know that that's what we're about. And as Farah said, you're going to see a lot of programming from us as we celebrate um, our official kickoff this month. And um, until, look for uh, programming. We'll have it all over your socials. Um, so thank you. And I will toss it back to Farah. No worries. I was just about done. All I wanted to say is to make sure that, you know, you put questions in the chat. We'll be monitoring the chat to make sure that we um, let our, our panelists know or Crystal know if that, what the questions are and be sure that you're on mute. But we just welcome you all and are glad to be in discussion um, with you. And I think I am turning it over to, I thought I was turning it over to Crystal, but maybe I'm turning it over to Jennifer. I will gladly take that. Thank mm -hmm. you, Farah. Um, thank you so much uh, for having me here today. Um, I am Jennifer Branchini, the 2021 treasurer for California Association of Realtors. And I'm absolutely thrilled to um, and honored to have uh, or be able to introduce uh, historian professor, Dr. Allison Rose Jefferson. Um, she's a third generation Californian and we're so um, grateful that you're here today and look forward to hearing from you. Um, I know Farah got into a little uh, bit of your history and I'm just going to go through. Um, there's, it's a very impressive um, bio and your background is incredible. So I really truly hope that um, the group knows uh, just how amazing you are. So presently her research and professional interests uh, revolve around the intersection of historical memory, American history, and history of the African-American experience in Southern California during the 20th century Great Migration and the Jim Crow era, heritage, conservation, spatial justice, and cultural tourism. She's also interested in her work's intersections with the experiences of people of African descent in other global settings. And I know you heard about her book, but today she'll be giving an overview of her book, Living the California Dream, African-American Leisure Sites During the Jim Crow Era. It examines how African-Americans pioneered leisure in American's frontier of leisure through their attempts to create communities and business projects in conjunction with the growing African-American population of Southern California during that time. Dr. Jefferson has participated in numerous public programs, including ongoing his history public engagement events, lectures, museum exhibitions, oral history interview research, the creation of commemorative monuments, landmark site designations, and documentary films. Her work as, as, an, as a historian has been featured in public TV programming, including the 2018 Emmy award-winning Coded Geographies, about the Green Book, the Negro Motorist Travel Guide, news feature segments from CBS LA, KTL, KTLA TV news programs. Jefferson has been interviewed for and contributed to articles for Los Angeles Magazine, the Los Angeles and New York Times, newspapers to just name a few and the list goes on. Again, we're so honored to have her here with us today. Dr. Jefferson, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you all so much for inviting me to participate in um, your, uh, your program today for Black History Month. And um, 
uh, you know, we are talking, uh, my book does talk about place and there's a lot of real estate involved in my book. So um, I was really, um, I was really intrigued that you guys thought to uh, invite me to come and, and talk about uh, uh, my book and some of the stories that uh, I have unearthed. So I'm going to now share my screen. Okay, can you guys see it? Hello? Okay, thank you. Yes, we can. Okay, thank you. I'm getting there <laughs> in terms of organization here. Okay, so African-Americans began moving in large numbers to Los Angeles, to the Los Angeles environs uh, in the decades surrounding the turn of the 20th century, joining communities of whites and Jews, Chinese, Japanese, old Californios and new Mexican immigrants, as well as other migrants of, uh, as well as migrants of other backgrounds. The majority of new black migrants relocated from American Southern states. Like those who moved to the Northeastern part of the United States, African-Americans moving to California and other Western parts also acted to escape the worst of Jim Crow era anti-black racial restrictions. African-Americans, similarly to others who moved to the state embraced the booster promoted California dream of a leisure lifestyle in picturesque outdoor settings and new life opportunities, even while discrimination and lax enforcement of California civil rights laws uh, uh, that were implemented as early as 1893 for decades into the 20th century prevented them from using various public and private uh, facilities and buying land in many uh, areas. Despite the challenges, African-Americans actively participated in California's development through the early 20th century's great migration. They bought homes, and other property, raised families, launched businesses, created social and faith, faith institutions, and nurtured a rich cultural milieu that included the emergence of West Coast jazz. So today, I am going to uh, offer some brief remarks about, uh, about my uh, recent book, Living the California Dream, African-American Leisure Sites During the Jim Crow Era. You will learn a bit about how African-Americans made California and American history by challenging racial and class structures when they occupied recreational sites and public space at the core of the state's formative mid-20th century identity. These sites became contested ground in the development of attractive inland resorts and beaches relatively free from white citizens harassment. In Los Angeles, 
recreation and relaxation were essential components of liberty and a distinctive a distinctive civil concern uh, in the nation's long freedom rights struggle. I'll also share uh, some ways I as a historian and others have used a few of these stories to engage audiences in history as well as heritage and nature conservation and social and environmental justice education in some places more successfully uh, than, uh, than others. I offer a view of overlooked, erased, extraordinary <clears throat> community builders and socioeconomic development experiences of black middle-class people of Los Angeles and California and the impact that leisure, uh, 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 the impact of leisure that intersects with, uh, with, with, with the new uh, scholarship about the influence of the diverse output of the Harlem Renaissance and the new Negro experience as a cultural movement of national and global phenomena. These stories of unrecognized voices, economic development initiative and civil rights struggles add new information and understanding about how African-Americans sought to seize their California and American dreams to appropriate and shape the offerings of their new environment in the far West. These stories I recapture and recap, uh, these stories I recapture uh, recast the significance, meaning, and place of leisure by recognizing African-American leadership and action therefore giving a more complex understanding of the American experience in the West and California where racial discrimination existed in practice rather than legally as in many other states of the nation in the post-enslavement modern capitalist era. In contrast to uh, uh, the city where most Black Angelenos lived, California waterfront and pastoral places where they went to relax and invest uh, and, and invested in uh, real estate included Bruce's Beach down in Manhattan Beach. Uh, you can see where that is in relationship to Los Angeles. Uh, uh, it also included uh, <clears throat> Santa Monica Bay, uh, Santa Monica South Beach area that was uh, sometimes uh, controversially called the Inkwell and Eureka Villa uh, in Santa Clarita Valley. All of these places were in uh, Los Angeles County. Lake Elsinore in the Inland Empire and uh, also uh, <clears throat> Corona's Park Ridge Country Club and uh, 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 <clears throat> uh, in, in both of these places were in Riverside. And there's a few other places that I, I cover in the book also. The stories of California's largest and most popular, though not uh, broadly remembered African-American leisure, uh, leisure destinations were sites of pleasure, uh, identity. Uh, they were sites of challenge to racist anti-Black public policies and private practices and economic development that flourished from 
that flourished for different time durations between the 1900s to the 1960s. These are the stories of public and private memories of African-Americans of all socioeconomic backgrounds. The new Negro who migrated out of the US South to the Northern Midwestern, uh, to, to Northern Midwestern and far Western uh, cities in the post-World War I decades to escape racial injustice. These migrants, including soldiers arriving home from Europe after the Great War, were much more self-confident and sometimes militant in their demands for their rights as citizens and consumers. Race, power, privilege, and wealth often influenced leisure opportunities just as it determined who was able to take advantage of economic and social opportunities in California. Even with these, even with these impacts, African-American leisure builders and seekers uh, uh, through creative assertion claimed and performed full humanity, uh, civic membership, social and economic development, resourcefulness, and self-determination. The history is layered with stories about group and individual circumstances and, and chronicles of migration patterns, socioeconomic status, cultural practices, and education and employment opportunities, and social power. These multifaceted intersecting experiences and stories that took place in private and public spaces are inseparable from one another in their composition and reflection of the structural racial exclusion and class exploitation imposed on African-Americans and other people of color. In their pursuit of emotional and physical rejuvenation, <clears throat> they were unwilling to accept exclusion Black Angelinos, like their counterparts in other parts of, uh, uh, in other places around the country, developed separate uh, leisure spaces against oppressive racial subjugation of the era and to promote, to promote a renewed sense of racial pride, cultural self-expression, economic independence, and progressive politics that were the embodiment of the new Negro determined to achieve a fuller participation in American society. The experiences and memories of these leisure spaces and destinations and the attention they gained in public memory and newspapers of the era offered African-Americans new and broader visions of themselves, a new identity, and a new collective sense of freedom contributing to uh, cultural and intellectual efforts that define the new Negro. In California, African-Americans ambitions and initiatives for leisure space also radically claimed, challenged and promoted the state's identity in the consumption of leisure as a lifestyle that would 
uh, spread across the country to develop a new suburban middle-class culture and forceful marker of American citizenship and identity, uh, generally speaking. Black Angelinos challenged the eras, white supremacist conventions about social spaces. They asserted self-determination uh, to participate in popular leisure and resort cultural, social, and economic trends that were considered modern by the 1920s. In ex-urban communities, African-Americans bought property so they could control their own enjoyment of these uh, activities and contest white racism. Particularly, they were challenging whites' prejudice and power, racism, in the labeling of African-Americans as laborers and as inferior. Common and divergent patterns of uh, many African-American leisure retreats in California and across the US are important to reconstruct and preserve for the memory and heritage of these sites and proper understanding of them as places of commerce, social networks, community, identity, contestation, and civil rights. Each site has its own history of development of leisure of a specific sort, as well as racialized issues of the time and place. One of the earliest places African-Americans went uh, for rejuvenation and recreation was Lake Elsinore in Riverside County, a somewhat successful general, uh, somewhat successful residential and leisure destination for the general population and African-Americans through the middle decades of the 20th century. The, this, this was one of the farthest inland of uh, the African-American leisure spaces that existed from around the 1910s to the 1960s. The vagaries of late conditions and changing leisure tastes uh, and race relation dynamics over the years impacted African-American entrepreneurs, resort business uh, opportunities and success. The African-American presence has been left out of local history narratives and landmark designation programs. This omission obstructs our understanding of the full shared collaborative history of uh, the range of community builders and their impact and contributions to the development of Lake Elsinore and to the Southern California region. The Corona Park Ridge Country Club in Riverside was a private elite club and leisure space originally built for a white clientele only. A group of very ambitious African-American businessmen, Journey White, who was also a veteran of World War I uh, and a real estate agent, um, a physician uh, Eugene C. Nelson, and uh, Clarence R. Bailey purchased the site to operate as an interracial space and an attempt at black at a black community and, and an attempt at black community suburbanization and uh, black community elite recreation. 
and this purchase happened in 1927. The local uh, elite and other white racist citizens strongly contested the African-American uh, reconstruction of this com uh, Corona community venture. The African-American businessmen's efforts to make this venture a success have been left out of uh, local history narrative, thereby limiting, again, our understanding of the Corona community's historical actors and evolution. Eureka Villa, later known as Valverde, in the Santa Clarita Valley area of North Los Angeles County, was initially an African-American planned resort community development project with white American partners that began in 1924. An early leader uh, of this project was Black real estate entrepreneur, or, or I like to call him Black real estate uh, impresario and booster, Sidney P. Dones. Public money contributed to the development of a park and swimming pool and multiple marketing efforts by boosters, both black and white, helped sustain uh, interest of African-American consumer, consumers usage of this hidden canyon area until the crumbling of the racial apartheid era in the 1960s. By 2015, the Valverde community has been recast as one of the last rural areas remaining uh, with affordable housing in the Santa Clarita Valley with limited public memory of the African-American heritage. Bruce's Beach in Manhattan Beach, a Pacific Rim community in southwestern Los Angeles County, was an early successful African-American residential resort community and leisure destination, which began in 1912. Eventually, racial exclusionary measures <clears throat> aided by destructive use of state power in 1924 eliminated their residential and economic development with attempts to erase the sites memory from history. Only through political assertion has a limited uh, revival of the history of Bruce's Beach and its incorporation into the public record emerged in the first decades of the 21st century. The Bruce's Beach community and its visitors were not alone in facing legal sanctions and private harassment actions actions discouraging African-Americans from visiting and settling in particular beach locations uh, as the region's population increased during the 1920s. During this decade, several Save the Beach campaigns were implemented to keep African-Americans from uh, uh, creating uh, and maintaining beachfront resorts at multiple California beach towns in uh, the 1920s. North of Bruce's Beach in 1922 and in 1925, African-Americans were forced to give up on developing beachfront resorts in Santa Monica and El Segundo, respectively. Numerous white-run 
uh, uh, civic and business groups, including some in the Santa Monica Bay, supported the action against these proposed uh, beach resort plans. Other beach resorts suffered similar fates. fates. The, most, um, the most violent intimidation campaign carried out by whites to evict uh, African-Americans from enjoying the beach uh, was the destruction of the nearly completed Pacific Beach Club in Huntington Beach. Arsonists burned this beautiful new facility to the ground shortly before it was to open in 1926. There were confrontations and assaults across decades, some which turned violent, uh, aimed to bar African-Americans from public beaches. The most coveted California recreation and, recrea and recreation destination then and also today. Activists mounted legal challenges to these discriminatory practices um, that were endeavored by whites. In their first organized civil disobedience action in the region, members of the Los Angeles branch of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People in 1927 challenged Manhattan Beach officials when they tried measures to make the beach white only. Although the Bruce's Beach community was raised when the NAACP member states a swimming uh, a swim -in protest after they were arrested, fined, and did a few legal maneuvers, clarification was one that African-Americans had the legal right to enjoy this and all California beaches. In the coming decades, with this accomplishment, African-Americans more confidently uh, were able to assert their legal rights, and this contributed to racial restriction attempts at state public beaches fading away. The victory energized Afro-Angelinos. At this time, the NAACP National Office proclaimed in a press release this militant stance for civil rights in Southern California set a good backdrop for their 19th convention that would be held in Los Angeles in 1928. As the 20th century advanced, African-Americans around the US would increasingly utilize legal actions and public protests to dismantle legally sanctioned along with informally enforced discrimination and segregation in public accommodations. After various waves of local citizens, sometimes contentious public discussion about their municipality's heritage over many years, in 2007, the site not officially recognized as Bruce's Beach was formally commemorated by Manhattan Beach city leaders and citizens with a Pacific Oceanfront Park named in the honor, uh, named in its honor, and a descriptive text plaque with gross inaccuracies 80 years after the Black resort community was removed. The public commemoration opened 
a broader claim uh, for not just public memory, but also American identity, even with the signage text that dilutes, misrepresents, and partially omits the site's historical truths and understanding. Fast forward to 2020, new energy has arisen to, to reclaim the important marginalized California ocean coastline history of African-American places of enjoyment, uh, freedom struggle, and community and economic development sabotaged during the Jim Crow era. Bruce's Beach in Manhattan Beach and the uh, area in Santa Monica uh, uh, called Bay Street became, uh, which was sometimes controversially called the Inkwell, became sites of consciousness, reflection, and healing for memorial and celebratory events, events at, at uh, a time last year when systematic racial inequalities were laid bare by the long history of injustice that had led to the death of several African-Americans and other people of color. <clears throat> Events held at these sites were a, a show of solidarity with national, uh, with nationwide protests, really with global wide protests against systematic anti-Black racism and, poli and police gratuitous brutality which the Black Lives Matter movement has forced prominently onto the national and global agenda as part of a reclamation of and, co and commitment to the Black freedom rights struggle. Celebrations were also held for Father's Day and Juneteenth, uh, which was uh, June 19th, the day enslaved African-Americans in Galveston, Texas, learned the Civil War had ended two years after President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. Joining the current national and global movement around social initiatives to address anti-Black racism, Manhattan Beach officials and citizens set up a task force to devise a plan and a timetable to accurately uh, <clears throat> revise and illuminate the Bruce's Beach history on uh, the park signage and develop other related public education programming. Santa Monica's, uh, Santa Monica's elected officials and citizens also are developing new initiatives to foster meaningful change and advancement for equality and inclusion in the Bay City. Even though African-Americans were chased out of Manhattan Beach early in the 20th century, they were able to build a sustained community in the Bay City that was uh, founded in the late 1880s, a few blocks from the Pacific shoreline in the environs of what is today uh, uh, Phillips Chapel Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, the first African-American uh, church established in the city of Santa Monica. A short way south was a Venice neighborhood, which was also part of the Santa Monica African-American community. 
in the years surrounding